My guest today is Mark Sykes, who likes to be out in the elements, whether that's skiing, snowboarding, surfing or sitting in a kayak. He spent 30 years working in the advertising business in Dubai and has a particular interest in nutrition and the power of nature to boost the immune system. He's now semi-retired and lives in the Algarve in Portugal, which is where I caught up with him as the lockdown is gradually lifting. So we're sitting in your your lovely house near Faro in the Algarve. What are you seeing from your house this morning? I've got a beautiful view overlooking Faro in the Atlantic. It's a little bit cloudy today. We've had an awful lot of rain, which is good for the reservoirs because um, the Algarve and Spain particularly has been suffering with with, uh, not enough water. The reservoirs have been very low had a lot of thunderstorms over the the month of April uh, and indeed into May so um, it's a very dynamic sky we're looking at today it's windy Uh, we've probably got more thunderstorms to come if you want to watch a good thunderstorm this is the place to be (laughs) right over there we can see the sea in the distance exactly really Really good obviously you get the days where it's sunny and it's calm and you've got the beautiful blue skies which are also lovely and we get a lot of those but it's nice to see some dynamic skies and see some rainfall in the Algarve for a, for, a, for a little while. So what drew you to the Algarve? Why did you make this your base? Well, the Algarve was somewhere that, to be honest, wasn't on my radar initially. Uh, I lived in Dubai for 30 years uh, and was wanting to leave Dubai and try and find somewhere to live. And I kind of got on my motorbike and uh, toured through Europe a few years ago. uh, My thought was to probably settle in Spain around um, Sierra Nevada area, around Granada, beautiful area. I'm a keen skier. And it gave me the ski slopes, it gave me the, uh, the Mediterranean and it gave me a rather large national park which I could play on because I enjoy kayaking and I enjoy getting involved in nature in a sports, sporty way. So it did kind of tick many boxes so I was looking there but then <clears throat> I had friends that lived in the Algarve um, in a place called Santa Barbara de Neche and they encouraged me to come and see and have a look and I did. And I fell in love with it. Um, and okay, it's a little bit further to drive to the ski slopes, but it's a price that I was prepared to pay because I must say that uh, settling into the Algarve now, meeting the people, the Portuguese are incredibly friendly. I love their culture and uh, it's definitely um, a place that I'm glad I chose in the end. And I feel settled here and I think I'll probably be here You can never really tell what the future will bring, but as I stand now, I have no reason or want to look for anywhere else to live. So what are you enjoying in nature at the moment? I love the sea. We've got uh, the Atlantic Ocean, uh, which is a very big, deep, dynamic sea. Um, I enjoy paddling. Um, where that's stand-up paddling and it's also kayaking and surf skiing and enjoying the feel of the power of the ocean underneath me uh, when you stand on a, port, a small board or you're sitting in a in a kayak you are not divorced from where you are you are feeling the energy of the sea you are riding the swells very much I suppose uh, a big connection at the moment is the sea because of where I am but of course also there's a lot of forestry here there's the cork oaks Um, I've explored a little bit I've gone out on mountain bikes uh, and I've gone walking indeed with you Suzanne which was brilliant so just to elaborate a little bit for somebody like yourself you like the sort of high octane sports you like your motorbike you like you like skiing snowboarding so I can see the the excitement of that and the sort of sports element of that 
um, but of course you're in, it takes you to beautiful locations so the nature aspect is there it is the sport it is the adrenaline but there's also this this oneness with nature that- that's the thing isn't it I mean you know there's two types there's the sport where you can play tennis and I enjoy tennis but it's not a nature connection sport obviously it's a hand-eye ball sport and I love it but yes very much the reason I enjoy snowboarding and and uh, kite surfing kayaking and these sort of things is because it puts you in tune with nature on the ocean the feel that I like is that is the power of the ocean as again it's a dynamic thing it's fluid (laughs) it moves Um, and to connect with the energy the pure energy of 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 an ocean is humbling empowering um, sometimes can be a little bit uh, generate fear in a good way because you are out dealing with elements and I think the connection of understanding how the ocean works the power that it has within it you can't obviously you can't harness it so you have to learn to work with it and let the energy and if you get it right and you can catch a swell and feel the energy of something like an ocean pushing you forward there's a connection that if you've done it, you'll know what I mean. And if you haven't done it, then I suggest you have a go because it's amazing. You know? <laughs> I, th- I think it's a really interesting area because I work a lot with people on, on slowing the body down, slowing the mind down, taking a walk in nature. You actually don't have to walk very far. It's more about the sitting and, and being mindful in the forest or, or on a beach or wherever it, wherever it may be. And that's really valuable. I, I have this fascination with what you're talking about is when you do feel that aliveness because you have either touched fear. And I say this cautiously because it's not, I'm not asking people to go out and scare themselves or mm, to put themselves mm. in any danger at all. Not at all. It's not about that. But I think there is something in us as, as human beings that goes back, actually almost back to the caveman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even think about that, Mark, yeah, but actually yeah. it really is, and you've got it's a great the, connection with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the fight or flight mechanism, isn't it? And as we know, if we get into the, the, the feeling of we, we have to fight or flight, either of them, we inject adrenaline into our bodies and we get that buzz, um, and, and fear, if, if for want of a better word, but fear is what generates that, and that's what gives you a certain feeling that can be addictive. Uh, and it gets it to some people less. Some people feel uneasy with, with the feeling of fear. But fear is something, that, unfortunately, that I feel we all live with today. Fear is something that we should experience but we should control it as well because fear can be very dangerous for your health Uh, and of course to stick yourself in a fearful situation that you can't cope with can also be very dangerous for your health if you feel that you can totally cope with it you don't feel fear either so it it is it's finding that balance I like to go out on my boat and I like to go out in the in into the hills with my snowboards and push myself to a point where you think yeah maybe I need to be sharp here because it you know, it could go wrong. And when you come out the other side, it is a little bit of a buzz that can be addictive. And it's an experience and it's an emotion that we should feel and we shouldn't be scared of feeling it. The only thing I think that the modern world tends to do is people live within a state of fear 
um, about paying their mortgage, you know, getting another job. Will they lose the job? Is their car big enough? And they get themselves into this position where they're actually making themselves not be able to sleep, not be able to settle down because they're living in a state of permanent fear. And that's bad and that's unhealthy. And I don't do that. I don't feel fearful as a person on a day-to-day basis. Um, The world has things out there that are challenges, but you face the challenge and that way you're not fearful of it. The best way to escape fear is face a challenge that's in front of you and deal with it. In nature, sometimes there's a challenge you have to face that injects a little bit of fear, but you still, if, you, if you're in a situation where you're dealing with a sport that is a little bit edgy, uh, you are going to put yourself in situations that might take you a little bit out of your comfort zone. If you turn around and turn your back to it and think, I'm going to ignore that because I'm in fear and I'm just going to let it happen, you'll probably end up in a very bad situation. You have to turn around and address it and say, okay, I've, I've got a little bit of adrenaline. There is a fearful situation, but I am totally in control. I see the danger and I know and I'm going to deal with it. And you come out the other side and you feel fantastic. You've had the adrenaline burst, you're through it and the fear is gone. That's how you deal with fear. People should not put themselves in a full sustained situation of fear and and unfortunately in today's modern world for many reasons I, I worry that people are in that situation and I think you know it's out there now I think a lot of people are seeing the situation with uh, with fear so my advice would be you know take a deep breath calm down you know and and work the problem whether you're out there in the sea whether you're skiing down a mountain whether you're bored snowboarding or you're taking a walk through a forest you're oxygenating your blood you're clearing the mind that gives you a natural high it gives you a natural feeling of well-being if you've got that sort of balance coming into your life and it's giving you the balance you need and we're all different we find our ways that we get that that natural pleasure but also you're taking care of yourself as well. It gives you all the equipment to face the challenges that we hit in life, you know, whether it's health challenges, whether it's practical challenges of living in the modern world. And I know you're very passionate about food and eating well and eating from nature too. Do you know, I've got a brand called Caveman and I won't bore everybody with it, but it's what the name says. It's about Caveman, our origins, where are we from, what's our connection with nature and the food we eat, and the exercise we do. And ultimately, our immune system is made strong by the way our our wellness and our well-being, and that includes everything. It includes the air we breathe, as you said, being on the sea, the, the, the benefits of that, and walking through a forest. If you're going to exercise, exercise with nature, not in a gym, and you're going to benefit a lot more. You're breathing, you know, air that is clean. You're breathing air that has, as you said, it can have ions in it. In, in, a, in nature, when you're breathing in a forest, you're breathing in an ecosystem and taking chunks of it every time you breathe in. It's got to be better than breathing something in an air-conditioned or stale environment so of course that's going to boost your immune system and yes do you know what when you're out there you might even breathe in little bits of bacteria because we've been doing that for millions of years and that's what keeps our immune system strong Uh, when you stop doing that if you isolate yourself and become away from that nature natural uh, um, system you're weakening your immune system. And that's the same with, the, obviously, your diet. As we know, I think, the, you know, the, the Western diet particularly has really slid, and, slid off the cliff 
with what we should be eating. I think there's more and more awareness and that's great. But again, in these times we've got at the moment, I think people should really be understanding and mindful of what they eat. As Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. Um, if you eat healthy, you exercise and you exercise in nature, you will create a healthy immune system which has evolved over millions of years to protect us. Um, and just give it the benefit because if you, it will protect you. If you look after it, it will look after you. Of course, another important part is the gut microbiome which in today's world, because of the bad diet, because of the antibiotics that seem to be in everything. Uh, I did read not long ago, and it was quite shocking, that um, the average American has 10% of their gut microbiome in place. 10%, you know. Now, no wonder people are getting ill <laughs> when only 10% of their gut flora is actually intact because of the functioning yeah the bad diet and the, the things like this so you know with a little bit of thought we can help ourselves incredibly by just looking at what we what we put into our mouths what we do for our exercise how much sleep we get sleep very important uh, and and connecting with nature what have you bought from nature to share with us today i'll be honest Whilst I love nature, one thing I've really been bad at, if I'm within 10 foot of a house plant, it'll curl and die when it, when it sees me approach it. I've not had a green thumb, so I've made more effort. The Algarve sun and the way it is with the rain at the moment, things tend to grow, so it gets harder for me to get it wrong in a place like this. So for me personally, I've started to get involved in looking after plants. And I've got here, I've got uh, what they call a giant bird of paradise. And when I moved into this house, it was in the house. Um, and I said, does that come with the house? I want it to come with the house because I fell in love with it. It's standing at the moment. You've got to say what, to the top of that leaf there, you're probably looking at 12 feet tall. Um, maybe less, maybe 11, but it's, it's, a, it's a very tall plant. It does flower the, the paradise flower, but I don't think it will where it is because I don't think it needs strong sunlight. But we will get the new leaves, uh, and if it carries on going, my, my, I would like to see it reach to the ceiling, and as you can see, if we get that, Suzanne, we're probably looking at getting up to... 15, 16 feet, and it can do it. So as you can see, it's quite a big, grand thing, and uh, people walk in and go, wow, love the plant. Yeah, and I suppose a gift that I've had from nature, literally over the, the, the time you've visited, you've seen it, is the uh, amazing unfurling of the new leaves from this thing. And the leaves, what? That leaf has got to be probably four foot in height. Um, and as these new leaves unroll, that is a gift from nature that is just joyous for me to see. And uh, as we always say, you know, no matter how hard we try, whether we paint, whether we sculpt, whatever we do, we are very poor imitators at what nature can produce, aren't we? And this plant, just the, just the, the, the gift of watching that leaf unfold, it is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's stunning. It's it absolutely is. stunning. And I just think you've got this living, beautiful green thing <coughs> right in the heart of your living space. How wonderful is that? And I affectionately call him Robert because I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. So it's Robert Plant. And then as you can see, <laughs> I've got the uh, other three. I've got three little palms in the bottom 
which obviously is John Paul, <laughs> John Paul, Jimmy Page, and of course, our good old John Bonham. <laughs> so, Mark, what stands out in your mind in all the years of your travels? And if you've got, uh, I don't know whether it's a skiing experience or a surfing experience or a walking experience, whatever it may be, that, that stands out in your mind that you'd like to share with us today? Well, that's easy. I was very lucky uh, to get into a position where I I could afford to do and had the skill set to go heliboarding in the Himalayas. So helicopter skiing, helicopter snowboarding in the Himalayas. And that was uh, a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, And I'll never forget the size of the, the mountains for a start. You know, we were going as high as 18,000 feet in a llama high altitude helicopter and then skiing down from 18,000 feet and of course even at 18,000 feet the mountains are towering above you Um, so you know um, never have I been so humbled (laughs) uh, as to to ski there Um, I was also privileged to be able to be the first person to do two runs that we were the first people to ever do and we named them because we were the first people doing it we experienced avalanches that we had to dodge um i had an incident in a in a snow hole and uh, it took me an hour to dig out and uh, that was a fearful moment but again fear fear will save you panic will kill you so in a situation like that you need to take a deep breath you need to realize that you've got to get yourself out of the situation so again, what you have to do is go to calm, 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 think of your breathing, slow everything down, and then work on the problem. You know, first thing when you get in a situation, I'm, you know, I was probably at 16,000 feet and I, and I stacked it into a snow hole, biting off more than I could chew. Um, and of course, the first thing that hits you is the panic. Um, but then you have to quickly realise that you need to get over that and slow it down and, and work the problem. And I did. And it took me over an hour to get out of the snow hole and I was exhausted at the end and I had to ski down to the guides that were waiting for me. And my day was over because I was pretty pooped at the end of all that. But again, it's experiences like that. You never forget and you do learn from them. Um, and then, like I said, just the experience of going into the Himalayas and skiing some of these powder fields that I probably will never experience again um, was, was just an amazing experience that I'll never forget. I will take it to my grave. And yes, if I ever did get the chance, I would do it again, but I don't think I will. <laughs> I think these moments are incredibly special in life. And as you said, you know, fortunate. I, was, I did some challenges around the world with Golf for Good so hiking challenges and some cycling challenges in Mongolia and we climbed Kilimanjaro and, and, and trekking in, in Peru in the Andes. And, you know, amazing to, to get to these places in, on the planet that are very humbling. Um, they do stretch us in our physical and emotional capacity when we're going into these areas and, and, and hiking or skiing or whatever you're doing but there's also this sense I became aware and I I, don't get me wrong I would completely encourage people to experience them if they can but there is this sense as well that the world's got busy and these places are getting accessed by more and more people which is having an impact on the earth we've seen it with Everest we've seen it in, in Machu Picchu incredibly busy 
with people wanting to buy these experiences or seek out these experiences. So it's a, it's a, it's a dilemma because the most amazing experience to be on a mountain and to feel so small on the earth and really appreciate and be grateful for everything that the earth gives us. But equally, it's that sense of how to give back, I suppose, because we are impacting that, that place. Absolutely. You know, I think that's the thing. And everybody should be allowed to go and experience these beautiful things because we are part of nature. And in some ways, the fact that we connect a little bit probably too much with our Xbox and, and PlayStation now, you know, is not a good thing. So we do, you know, I encourage people to go out there and experience nature and do that. But as you say, the thing is, even observation, just observing something can impact something. So I think people need to be uh, mindful of that. Well, for a start, please, coral reefs belong in the reef. You don't take coral. You don't, you know, even in, in forests now, as we know, really proper forests are ecosystems. They, they are basically coral reefs on, on the land. They take millennia to grow. Um, and there are fewer and fewer real forests left, natural forests, as, as you know, Suzanne, you know, probably know more than me about this. But just be mindful when you're in these places, you know, things like littering got to be one of the biggest crimes to nature it's just we know where that's going we need to start i think to understand how we're going to manage these places if you fit try and fit too many people in a house you end up knocking all the furniture over and you destroy the house so what happens is you go well i'll have this many people in the house today and then we'll have that many the next day so you know we need to manage traffic into these things i think you know there should be only so many people allowed on that hill or on that at one time you're there to enjoy it not destroy it <laughs> and there's the ad man in you <laughs> <laughs> so on that note in your life mark have there been any times that stand out for you where maybe you were facing some difficulty or challenge or nature's helped you i think nature does that to me uh, you know all the time um but yeah there is a particular time um when i had personal issues you know um and without question uh, that period of time my my kayak kept me sane in a way um it was a place that i could go to it was a place of sanctuary um it was a place where i could paddle out and it didn't have to be an energetic sea in fact to go out and just paddle out and stop on flat flat water and just meditate close your eyes and take it in and listen and fish jumping uh, and birds landing on the water you know one time I paddled into a massive pile of cormorants you know and they kind of surrounded me like some kind of mob when you're in those situations of pure nature there must have been 200,000 cormorants not that I counted them but you know there was a lot of cormorants and they were out there and I thought they were like they looked like a swarm of bees because they were so far away and I thought, what the... And I paddled out to them. And as I got there, I realised they were cormorants. And they were all on the water and they slowly parted and let me in. And I don't know if anybody or you listening to this, if you've seen the birds, Alfred Hitchcock, the birds, when they kind of open and let people through and then close. It was like that. I thought, wow, you know, is this, is this going to be the scene where I get it from the cormorants? But um, amazing. And they did. They opened up and I drifted in and they closed behind me and I was surrounded. But of course, what also makes you realise then as well is with these cormorants, 
they've all got different characters, even in the wild like that, because some were cocky enough to come close and others would always keep their distance. But there was always one or two that would just have to push it and see how close they could get to me. And you suddenly realise that, you know, even in nature like that, there's the, the characters, you know, the one that, I'm going to, well, you might stay there, but I'm going to go and have a look. Um, and these sort of things, for, for when you're in a position where maybe life's not going too well, you come away from an experience like that, and it just puts things in perspective a little bit again. That's what you're part of, and that's what's important. You know, and guess what? You know, so you couldn't afford the new car or maybe this didn't work out or that didn't work out. But really, is that what life's about? Or is it about sitting in a 200,000 cormorants and watching the cocky ones, you know? It just, that's, that's what I get out of it, you know? If you don't get out, if you don't get on the water, if you don't get to kayak or surf or go skiing or... How, how, how are you? What happens to you if you don't get out to do those things? Uh, there's different words, I suppose. Twitchy, clucking, <laughs> uh, pacing, <laughs> like a caged tiger. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's addictive and it should be addictive. And it's the most healthy addiction you can have. Um, and, and honestly, if, if anybody in, in, in decides to give themselves an injection of nature, you'll get addicted. So go and do it and get addicted because there's no better addiction uh, than, than, than thinking, oh my God, why haven't I walked in a forest? I need to walk in a forest because you know what it's about. You know what you're missing. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are doing this and there's probably a lot of people out there that are ahead of me on doing this and more connected and great. But there's also a lot of people that, that have lost that and lost their way with that. And, and, uh, and, you know, I think for all of us that are fortunate enough to be connected and understand that this addiction is an amazing addiction, let's just encourage our friends and family that probably, probably aren't yet to come and have a fix. Um, get them out there. And I don't know anybody when I've said, let's go out and go for a paddle or come with me to the beach or whatever. I'm not saying they all convert and go there every day, but no one ever comes back and goes, oh, why did I do that? Nobody. They always go, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. Even if they don't do it again, they always are glad they did it. So go and try it. And then hopefully you'll get addicted and do it again. And again, and then you'll get like me and you, Suzanne, where you get to a point where if you've done a couple of days where you haven't had a fix, you've got to have one and you'll find it. And that fix can be anything, you know, like at the moment with, this, with the current situation in the world, we know it's been difficult to get out there and do those things. But even if you're lucky enough to have a garden, I wonder how many people have gardens and only look through the window at it. Tell you what, go and sit in it, <laughs> you know, and then look at what's going on. You know, look at everything from, from what crawls in the grass to what flies in the sky, you know, and take it all in because it's all there. If you're in an apartment or a flat and it's the windows, actually, you can sit in a window, look exactly. out, look at the clouds, cloud gazing. Anywhere you can just sort of fix your eyes, I suppose, so your senses onto well, one that's, thing. Well, as I said, I've, I've, re I've engaged with this growing houseplants uh, and... It's lovely to have them in your house as well, because again, just watching something grow, you know, watching something grow 
can be amazing. And I, I potter around, as you can probably see there, I've got a miniature rose that I've got growing as well. I haven't killed that, which is good. And it's slowly filling that window up and, and it's popping out with flowers, as you can see. And uh, an outdoor garden or whatever, then yeah, you've got the windows and bring some plants in and have a go. And I'll tell you what, the joy of being able to make a plant give you a flower, it's great. <laughs> It's <laughs> absolutely wonderful. Now I'm looking at that plant now, and to me, to look at the shapes of the petals and the different shades of colour, it's it's like a painting sitting there Isn't in your. It? It's beautiful. Isn't yeah. It? Again, yeah. there you go. You says we said Mother Nature. You see, um, I'm not. I'm not. I, I've you know I'm a bit of an artist myself. I like to think I am, but um, my God, we haven't got you know the best artists in the world haven't got anywhere near what mother nature can do with one sweep of a brush as they if there was a, a word you would you know share if there was one word to describe describing nature for you that is the most significant or yeah i mean how can you not <laughs> sit there and look at a sunset or a sunrise or a thunderstorm as indeed i've been watching here we've had some cracking thunderstorms and uh I told you the other day, Suzanne, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and just took the view. And I watched Mother Nature give me an awe-inspiring show. Awe-inspiring. And that's whether you see a bee flying into the hive with its pollen to add to the hive or a full-on thunderstorm and all the things in between. And, yeah, that's nature. It's awe. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mark. It's lovely to catch up and I look forward to walking in the forest again with you soon. Oh, we will do that very soon and thank you for the opportunity and it's been lovely to, uh, to have the chat. You've been listening to The Nature Pod with Suzanne Radford. For more on my nature therapy walks and workshops, then check out thenaturepod.com or follow me on social media, Forest Bathing Algarve. And if you'd like to share your stories of nature connection and join me on The Nature Pod, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I leave you now with an invitation to sit in a window or in your garden or balcony and look up to the sky. Gaze at the clouds and notice any movement. Take some time to simply breathe and let your mind wander. And notice how it feels. <laughs>